The affordability test is an absolute joke. You know that number, right? 9.78%. The threshold that an employee contribution towards group medical can't exceed according to the Affordable Care Act. Hey guys, John Millen. I'm going to dig into this a little deeper because hopefully that got your attention. You know, there's this thing called the affordability test where if you offer group medical, essentially, um, now there are some caveats, but essentially the amount that the employee pays out of pocket can't exceed 9.78% of their total annual income. Or in some cases, it's their household income. Or in some cases, it's their hourly rate. There's different ways of measuring it, but it's basically a measurement that had good intentions that said, look, if you're an employer and you have a platinum level plan and it's $1,500 a month employee only coverage and you only pay half of that, so you're paying $750 a month, but the employee only makes $25,000 a year, it's way out of range with what they can afford. So it has some good merits, but here's the part that is a joke. What do you do when you have a family and you have group health insurance? You see, this this contribution analysis, this percentage doesn't apply for the cost of family coverage. It applies for the cost of employee-only coverage. Why is that a problem, John, you're asking? I'm going to tell you why. Because... Most companies don't have every single person enrolled on their group health plan as an employee-only tier of coverage, right? Now, there are some exceptions, but most have maybe 70% of the population that is employee-only coverage, and about 30% of the population has some mixed tiering. So it's employee and a spouse, employee and a child, or family. You agree with that? My experience just looking at hundreds and hundreds of uh, plans is it's about a 70-30. Now that varies dramatically based on how much the employer pays towards that coverage. Dramatically. Like if you're paying 100% volunteers, guess what? You're going to have a lot of people pulling the rest of their family into the plan because you're paying for it. And that may be part of your strategy and that may be okay. But the Affordable Care Act said in the, the, the percentage for 2020 is 9.78%. Now, there, again, there's a couple ways you measure that. I'm not going to get – this is not about how to measure that. This is about what do you do if that part is affordable, but then they go to add their family and it's $3,100 a month total cost and, and the employer is only paying a, a larger percentage of the employee-only rate. $3,100. You think that's you think that's kind of a random number, but that is the actual rate of a client that we just brought on board to PPG Solutions. That that would have been their renewal rate, and that was a 15% increase over their current cost. $3,107 per month for family coverage. And this is an organization that um, average salary is $45,000. So, you know, nonprofit, not extremely high. So you got to monitor that. So my point is this, that so many, and this is happening now um, in government. And that's a sector that we consult with, but I don't, I don't work in the public sector arena. That's not a target market category for us for a number of reasons. We, we, you know, for 18 years, we've tried everything. We realized that's just not a market we, we want to take on as an advisor. We can do some consulting for them, but that's it kind of as a fee basis. 
So when you have schools and cities and county government, they have very rich medical plans because that's part of the draw. And I get it. And they're paying a sizable percentage of the employee-only rate, which is great. Maybe they're paying 70% of the employee-only rate or 80% or 100%. But then you have a family of four and you need to add that family and you're the sole income earner and your wife is a a mom of a two-year-old and a four-year-old. You have four people on your plan. Your income as a county employee might be $62,000 a year. And that you go to add family coverage, what happens? It's $2,000 a month extra you have to pay. And you think I'm just, just joking or making numbers up. I'm not. Look at your own plan design. If you have a, a, a PPO plan with a $10 copay with a $250 deductible or a $500 deductible and it's a national plan, it is outrageously expensive when you factor in what it costs for a family. And so families need coverage just like employees need coverage. And what do you do if the family afford that the, the, you have a sole income earner you have a spouse and two kids. They're not, they're not working. They're not generating income. So it becomes a major problem. And I hear this from employees. I've heard this for years. Our, our insurance is so expensive. Our insurance is so expensive. And I say, where do you work? And they tell me. I say, what do they, uh, how much do they pay towards your coverage? They pay half of the employee-only rate. That's it. And what plan do you have? We have a national PPO, $10 copay, with a zero deductible. I'm like, no wonder you're upset because you you have no choice but to add your family and now you're not paying 9.78% of your income. You're paying 20% or 25 or 30%. I did the math on, on our plan. We are paying 20% of our income for the plan we have and that's with the family. So a lot of people are in that boat where they you know the the administrators or the owners or the HR directors think we have a great we have great benefits you do but they're too expensive no one's criticizing you for having good or bad benefits but you're not thinking through this strategically you're hammering the people that have to add coverage and then they can't afford it and you've never done the math well it beats the affordability test for employee only it does Now, if you're paying for 95% of employee and 85% to add a spouse and 82% to add children and 87% to add family, that's different. That's a totally different scenario where you're absorbing a lot of those extra costs. That that makes sense in some scenarios. If you view your employees as an asset and you don't want them to leave or maybe it's a nonprofit or maybe it's mission-driven or maybe it's hard to find talent, like – that's that's an investment in your in your asset base, which is your employees. That's that's small compared to the value the employees bring to the company. Don't, don't lose sight of that. So my point of this whole podcast is: look, let's think this through a little bit more. Nine point seven eight percent is good for the employee, but it could be really hampering. So what do you do? I'm going to tell you what you do. I'm going to tell you what you do, what you don't do at first. You don't just take the re- renewals from your carrier because the scenario I just gave you is the renewal rate for the company we just we just brought on, we just took on, and they got a 30, over a 30% increase. And the alternative plan that was proposed by the carrier was 15% increase. And that was $3,107 per month for family coverage. 
15% increase. It's, it's hammering the, the family coverage. It's hammering everybody. So what you do is you dig in. There are, there are hundreds of unlisted rates, unpublished rates. I talk about this on my YouTube channel. You can check it out. Go to YouTube and um, there's a couple videos on there about unlisted rates or unpublished rates. You need to look at those unpublished rates. And I will tell you, it is very tedious. There are hundreds of them. If you look at just in Richmond, three major carriers that we can look at, literally 250 different plans. Easy. If not more. So you need to look at those and dig in. Print the spreadsheet. Learn the lingo. Learn the, 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 uh, the footnotes. Understand the terminology. Or you demand your advisor does it. Now, here's what I've found is some advisors are not willing to do that. They don't have the bandwidth. You know, your company have 12 employees. Like, they're not getting paid enough money to spend five hours on your on your plan. That's just the reality. You know, and, or if it's an account manager, they have, you know, 85 accounts they manage. They're, over, they're overloaded. So... Just understand that not only do you have to look at the unlisted rates, but you have to have a strategy on how to combat that. And that is the piece that's missing so many times. That is the piece I keep talking about, our zero deductible solution. Where we we analyze and we strategically eliminate the deductible at the same cost or in some cases reduce the cost. But that's an eight-year strategy I've refined. I mean, that's not something that most advisors just knowingly, okay, I'll do that. It's the same reason why you go to your um, to a certain car mechanic or you have a certain person fix your HVAC or you have a certain person do other things for you because they've learned how to do that over time really well and they have little things that they do are different. I hope this is helpful. Just something to keep in mind. My point again, 9.78% is fine, but... You, you really need to look at your family level coverage and your other tiers and see and just run some quick numbers and say, is this affordable? Like the amount of money they're going to spend, is that the equal to their mortgage? If it is, you may want to reconsider because your employees are going poor and they have no choice because that's the plan you give them. And if your only other option is a $5,000 HSA plan, I'm sorry, you're paying a lot of money for the privilege of that, of paying $5,000 out of pocket and then getting some coverage. That's not going to cut it. I don't think as much as it did in the past. Check us out at benefit hackers on YouTube, LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. Share this. If you think it makes sense.